Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, on this episode of the GH Report, sure we could talk about Nell visiting Carly or the body that Sonny has buried underneath uh, the Charlie's bar or heck, you know, Peter August in that dumb dumb cabin. But no, no, no. We're really going to go in depth on the hottest crossover on GH. That's Colonel Sanders coming into Port Charles. It's ridiculous and we're going to talk about it, talk about it all up next. Tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> hey, everybody. That's what we call the industry of quality teas. Well, everybody, to the GH Report. There you go. This is the show that breaks down the latest going on, goings on in Port Charles. I am one of your hosts, and probably the, the sober one this evening, Frank Moran. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm his co-host, Carla Renata, and I'm sober, but Frank just made me laugh. Okay, anyway. There you go. Carla's just enjoying some Ripple <laughs> as we get into this broadcast. I am not enjoying Ripple. I have some very fine South African wine. See, this is how he does us, y'all. He calls me out on the air all the time, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, as always, folks, you know, you can call us out. And the way you can do that <laughs> is you can like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and, of course, hop in the chat. Carla's got her super fancy computer over here, so she's going to see the chat. And feel free to share any of your thoughts going on in Port Charles this week, or just in general hospital, you know, just regular occurrences that you want to share, and they might be uh, top of mind. But before we get into what I teased, one of the best things to ever happen in general hospital history. Uh, First, let's give a shout-out to James Light Jr., the man who created this entire show. If you follow him on social media, you may notice that he's a little under the weather at the moment. Yes, he has a little uh, Bell's palsy happening. And if, for those of you that don't know what Bell's palsy is, it's when half of your face becomes paralyzed and it starts to affect your speech. It's usually very temporary. Somet- sometimes it goes away in a couple of days. Sometimes it goes away in a couple of hours. Sometimes it lasts for years. It just kind of depends on the individuals. But... We are hoping that for him it only lasts for a couple of days and that he's back to normal very soon. We love you. Absolutely. That man's got dulcet tones and they need to be heard. So we, nothing, <laughs> we don't want anything that's impeding that. Uh, also, uh, we look around. Let's give a shout-out to our special studio audience member. It's not Maurice Bernard, folks. I know that's what you're thinking. Like, oh, clearly, Frank's giving a shout-out for this. It must be important. But it is somebody of equal stature. See, every time I ask him not to do something, he does the exact opposite. I shouldn't say anything. We have a guest that does not want to be on camera, but he's my guest. Can he not be mentioned? Just a little Um, shout-out. No. You can't give a shout-out? No. Wow. Let's give a shout-out to Albert. Come on. That's right. He's here in studio with us to enjoy this, to watch the, you know these two well-oiled seasoned professionals <laughs> break everything down. Look at that. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Carla. Yes. What did you think of this past week at General Hospital? Okay. Can, can I start with the obvious? Can I just start with Do well, we, we, we want to wait? Just give me a general overview, and then general, we're going to okay. go right into it. 
it was kind of it was kind of slow until like after the fourth of July, and then the fourth of July things kind of heated up. All right. Is what is what I felt about this week. It wasn't as much of a snooze fest as last week was. No, it, it, for a slow burn, it really uh, it really paid off at the end. Yeah, it did. This week. Oh boy, yeah, it did in yes. many ways. <laughs> in more ways than one. Uh, so <laughs> let's just jump right into it. To what must be one of the most bizarre examples of cross promotion ever. We see not only Colonel Sanders, played by George Hamilton, arrived there in Port Charles, but also happens to be at least a, a longtime <laughs> friend of Maxie Jones. And that they never explained how they met. No. Nope. Never explained how Maxie met Colonel Sanders. And I just, I'm like, I can't. I can't. And then, and then they sit there and they have this whole catch-up section session over some KFC. I'm like, I can't. Like it made me laugh out loud. I was like, they have food in their laps. Ooh, what is that? Oh, that's some Kentucky Fried Chicken. I'm like, really? Is this happening, General Hospital? Y'all, come on now. now Are y'all really that hard up for viewers that you gonna put plug KFC up into the mix? What are we going to see next? The Popeye's lady? I'm like, I just, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) So. (laughs) You know that's funny. You know that's funny, Frank. Come on, laugh. You know know it's funny. This is is just so ridiculous. Now, Carla, put yourself that in mindset. If I told you right now, hey, guess what, Carla? I know Colonel Sanders. Not only that, he's going to come in and hang out with us for a little bit. Would you be at all excited that Colonel Sanders was coming in? No, because I know the real Colonel Sanders is dead. All right, so there's for that. On that parade. Okay. <laughs> yes, I threw acid rain on that parade. <laughs> yes. yes, I did. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be excited about. That, Not that, unless he's gonna bring some food. Now, if he's gonna bring some food, then I wouldn't really care. Because the, then I get my grub <laughs> on and smack my fingers and wouldn't care. So, like they did on General Hospital. But what, did they have sides? Did they have some mashed potatoes and coleslaw? I couldn't tell. I could just see the fried crispy chicken. I can imagine the colonels bringing the fixings as well. I, <laughs> I didn't he's... see fixings. I just saw. <laughs> I just saw the crispy chicken, <laughs> yeah, which he made reference to as he left. So, I'm like, how you gonna make reference to crispy chicken as you walking out the door? Like, really? I can't. So you're telling me that Port Charles is a world where in this world there exists a true Colonel Sanders, not a series of commercials that are on on Port Charles television that have various actors playing Colonel Sanders. Yeah, they made it seem like he was a real person that Maxie had a relationship with for eons. He's like the most interesting man in the world, but Colonel Sanders. Okay, but what I kind of love about Colonel Sanders being there is that he was the impetus that brought Maxie and Lulu back together. So kind of, sort of. So rather than maybe do like a, a real reconciliation, kind of take a little bit of time and kind of make it seem very natural, let's just bring Colonel Sanders in. And all of a sudden, boom, here's some crispy chicken, some mashed potatoes, some gravy, and now we're best friends again. Yeah, after they crunched on that coleslaw. And not only this, though, not as he's just coming by just to say hi, but he also is being pursued by a cartel. And they like, want that was a stretch. They want that was a stretch. His secret recipe for you know the seven <laughs> herbs and spices, and he for gives it to Maxie for safekeeping. What he does is he carries it in an envelope in his jacket. Like you like, do not have that memorized. I would have that memorized. First of all, if it's a secret, why are you giving it to somebody to put into a book that's been hollowed out on their bookshelf for anybody to take off the bookshelf? And then I love how Maxie's like, oh, nobody will find it there. Yeah, right. I'm waiting for that day to roll around. But 
as, as somebody, as I mentioned to somebody on Twitter, it's like, you just have to know that every time we ever see another scene in Max's apartment, you have to just know that inside that hollowed out book is the secret recipe. For the percent of chicken. Always. I need to go, always sitting there. I need to go on the set. I need to go on the set of General Hospital just so that I can find the hollowed out book to see what the 11 spicy herbs are. Because, you know, this is never going to be mentioned Ever again. again. Yes. You know, I'll never talk about it again. But we just as the viewers, <coughs> two years from now, we will come back and look like, hey, you know what, though? Whatever Ma- happened to those 11 herbs and spices that the Colonel Sanders left in Max's apartment? That recipe is still in that book. <laughs> What's going to happen when she moves and she starts packing up the boxes? I mean, packing up the books. That's right. Like, what does she do with that secret recipe? What is she going to do? <laughs> this Ooh, this Jesus, was bonkers. I can't. No, I mean, they did the, the oil olay during the nurse's ball. And they've always done Shriners Hospital for Children uh, during, you know, at, at a certain point of the year. They give those those name checks. Right. This, by far, was one of the most random and bizarre ones that I've ever it seen. It was random, and it was why. It was like – and they held on to it until, like, I think the day it was happening is when they posted it on social media because I posted it. I was like, ooh, look. Look who the special guest on General Hospital going to be today. And people were like, oh, my God, really? Folk went in on on Twitter. They went in because I posted that. And I was like, look, I didn't hire him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't cast him to be on General Hospital. I'm just reposting what they posted. Just the little bit of Twitter that I did see, it, from what I saw in the Folk small sample in. segment, Nobody was going, holy cow, this is the best thing I ever saw. No. But Maxie did. Maxie was like, oh, my God, this is the best day ever after she got the news about baby James. Well, you know what? It is easy to say that if you're being paid to say it. <laughs> that, you know, if somebody's paying me, I will sing. I'll say anything anybody wants to say. Ooh, I'm getting paid to, to make you believe that. And then that. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, this was, this was ridiculous. It was crazy. It was. It was. Pro- it was the craziest. It was the craziest product placement I've ever seen done on a, a on any show. Period. Not just a soap opera, but just on any show. Like, because you know, with KFC, they've had Reba McIntyre play the Colonel. Yep. They've had George Hamilton. And I think somebody else whose name escapes me in the moment. Uh, they've had um, not Josh Brolin, but his dad, James Brolin. Yeah. So they've had they've had several celebrities do this. <laughs> portray the colonel which first of all you know i don't know who thought that was funny i think that's so disgraceful to the memory of the real the real colonel sanders like why are you having people play him like mm-hmm. well but they saw in, in marketing i was reading an article about that that the the idea of swapping out whoever was playing colonel sanders resonates with uh people that are watching those commercials they like the idea of like oh yeah it's always something a little different that you never know who might be playing the colonel next I think it's stupid, but then that's that's just me. I think I would have been happy if it would just been them eating KFC, and they could have talked about KFC. Yeah, but the fact that they bring in the Colonel Sanders as a real life character that and, also and the, knows Maxie, yeah, that also knows Maxie and brings her the secret recipe was just ludicrous. That it was, was crazy. It was that was a stretch. That was a lot going on. Uh, now, folks, you may think you're turning in right now and watching just like the Colonel Sanders channel, <laughs> and, and you know where we talk about the latest goings on in Colonel Sanders' life. But no, no, this is the GH report. But uh, <laughs> We do produce here at AfterBuzz content all across the spectrum 
for you, the dedicated TV and film audiences there. Uh, breaking down your favorite uh, TV shows or we're discussing films, box office reviews, things like that. From dramas, <laughs> reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there's no network that works harder to satisfy our television fans. But we need your help. So we're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that tailor, that's tailor-made for you and help you help after, help you help after us continue to grow. And if you're worried about those pesky notifications, don't worry, they're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out our other after, after Buzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments. And you know what, Carla Renata, she's going to give you a personal shout out. Shout out! <laughs> Look at that. There you go. Maybe you might be lucky, just like Albert, right here in the studio. I would swear you were the one that had the Australian red wine, Uh, the way you talk it. It is not Ripple. And for now, uh, just thanks for being a big fan and helping us make AfterBuzz the ESPN of TV talk. (laughs) All right, so there's that. So let's talk about Maxie and Lulu reuniting. It was very brief. They didn't spend a whole lot of time on that, did they? Because uh, it was more of that, that corny Colonel Sanders stuff. But I was happy to in. see them be friends again. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I guess it, with all things with soap operas, you want to see people kind of break apart yeah. and then watch them reunite. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad they reunited. But what I'm in, really interested to know is what happened when she tried to, <laughs> when she tried to call Liesl and, and Nina. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I really want to know. Did the phone go to voicemail, <laughs> or did they get, or did she get them with homeboys screaming in the background? I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> but this is the kind of thing where it makes me wonder if the writers were like, well, sure, we could try to come up with some kind of somebody's in, in peril, or the two of them had end up being in peril, and then they kind of reconnect and re reunite their friendship, or we could just do something corny, and we want to do this product placement with. Kentucky Fried Chicken, so why don't we just have the colonel come into their lives? Well, they did that. But kudos to Chris, Kristen Storm and the young young lady that plays Lulu. They, You would really have thought that they were excited about that moment. They acted their booties off. Like, yeah. their acting skills paid off like a zillion times in that moment. Um, and the colonel can just know who you are just by looking in your eyes. Whatever. Let's move on to Nell. <laughs> Let's yes. move on to Nell. Nell has put her guard down and she about to get her face cracked as as we already know she's about to leave G- she already shot her last scenes at GH and we don't know what those last scenes were or what they entail but we know that she shot her last scenes at GH so I'm really interested to know how they're going to take her out it's uh, I felt like this was the one time where I felt Nell just could not resist trying to rub Carly's nose in it but what was interesting about that is that Carly kept her cool. Yep, give it. Up I was Carly. I was really I was really surprised that Carly didn't go like batshit crazy on her when she came in there to my oh I'm again like you could see on her you could see on her face that she was that she was going batshit crazy, but her her physicality never showed that like she never tried to choke her out she never came at her she was like okay well that's nice. I'm sure it'll be nice. And I was like, but what was interesting is that she waited until Sonny got there, and then she kind of lost it when she communicated how she felt about it to Sonny. What, what, I mean, at least Carly is learning, because the way that she acted in that room is the way that I wanted her her to act sooner. I guess you're not going to realize maybe you need to change your ways until you get into the, you know, the worst situation you could possibly be in. Right. To realize, oh, maybe I should have played a cool in other situations leading up to this, and I wouldn't be sitting here. And what, what's what's happened to Mary Pat? We ain't seen her in a minute. Where's she at? I'm so fine with that. <laughs> what, 
what happened to Mary Pat? Did they lock her up in another room? <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> like, she just kind of disappeared, and all we see now is the, is the little um, Rupert. All we see is Rupert and him letting people in and out like Carly's at the hotel. Like, that made me laugh when they let Nell into the into the um, into Carly's room, and <laughs> and Rupert was like. Would you like to see her? She's like, yeah, she won't be here very long. But, you know, come back. She won't be here very long. I'm like, what is this? Is this Hotel Ferncliff now? What the hell is going on? All it takes is one little talk from Sonny. Oh, my God. That was pure comedy. And, uh, you know, it'll change your life around. Change that was that pure you... comedy. How all of a sudden he went from totally torturing and terrorizing her to, like, treating her like she was at the Four Seasons. It made me laugh out loud. I'm like, what is going on here? I can't. Yeah, so definitely, I felt like that was one misstep by Nell. Don't go in there and try to rub rub her face in it. Just... If you want to make this work, you got to just lay off of Carly. And even Michael tells her, even though we know Michael wants her to fail, but he's like, you know, you got to get Nell. You You got to give give her some space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then her face got cracked because she told Michael and, and Sonny and Jason that she was going to get her ring size. So imagine Sonny's face when he rolled up in the cell and there was Nell. Yep. I'm like, hmm, getting your ring size, son. She's like, oh, it wasn't far away, really. I, what I know about prisons, ain't no prison around the corner from no jewelry store. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I know. Ain't no? no, no, ain't no. Any prison in this country is out in the freaking boondocks. There is no jewelry store. Like, within a three-block radius of a prison anywhere in America. So, like, really, I'm surprised he even took that as an excuse. I'm like, whatever. You never know. There might be one guy that decided, like, you know what? People that are being released, they probably want to buy a ring (laughs) for some jewelry. I should open up a store Mm -mm. right next to it. Mm -mm. That's what's not going to (laughs) happen. So... (laughs) So we get to see the fallout too uh, from with Michael, Jason, and Sonny as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jason has a better understanding of what Michael's trying to do, mm-hmm. and does give him at least a word of advice. It's mm-hmm. like don't don't lie more than you have to, because every little bit, of, every little lie is going to take a piece of your soul along with it. Yeah, because he's like, he, I think he brought up Carly as an example. Like, you know, take your mother as an example. Look how much she's lied, and look how much she's had to pay for the lies that she's told. So you know, just. Heed that warning, and then, but I love the reaction of when, <laughs> when Michael announced that he was going to marry Nell. Every, how everybody reacted to it—it it was pure. Con- Even Joss couldn't be as supportive as she had been in the past, because Joss, Joss is unaware that Nell is on to her, but Nell is on to her. So she was like, Ugh, "Okay." And I love how Bobby was like the only person that really was annoyed. Bobby <laughs> and and um, Ned's wife. Oh yeah, yeah, Olivia. Olivia. They were the only two that were clearly bothered by it, and and then all Ned had to say about it was at least she doesn't have any of the EOQ stock. Like all he cared about is if she was able to control any of the stock or not. That's yeah. all he cared about. I I have to assume that Michael is going to make her son a prenup. We've not seen that conversation happen. Even though I know the wedding is kind of being accelerated. Yeah, like when he's, I think toward the end of the week he was like, "Let's get married tonight." I'm like, dude. You might want to do a pre, cause and I personally, as somebody watching the show, I'm kind of scared for brother because she did kill her last fiance. She killed him. So what's to stop her from? And she's very crafty, and she's she, yeah, she's very crafty, and she's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? She's very ingenious when it comes to trying to throw people under the bus and make herself look look uh, innocent. Mm-hmm. So. 
case in point with the disappearing ink. Like, they know that she was the one that used the disappearing ink on that flyer, but they can't prove that she did it. Yeah. Like, anybody could have did that. So they would have to prove that she actually bought some disappearing ink to be able to do that. And I don't think that they'll be able to pull that off in the next two weeks, do you? I don't know. As as Michael discovered when he finally was able to get into Nell's computers, that she erases her browser history every day. Mm. So that makes it kind of tough trying to track down her her online comings and goings. But if he took her computer to, you know, when sometimes when your computer crashes or something, if you take it to one of those places where they can scrub your hard drive, they can find it on the hard drive. Because even though you... Um, delete your browser history and you delete files that you think are deleted if they go and they scrub your hard drive it's still there uh oh uh guess that's gonna do it for this episode <laughs> of the GH report <laughs> I gotta I gotta go I only I only know that because I had that situation happen with me where I my my computer you ever you probably haven't but there was an episode of Sex in the City where Carrie Bradshaw oh wait you don't think I watched Sex in the City no you didn't watch Sex in the City did you yeah you did? Yeah. Okay. So did you see the episode where Carrie was typing her column and then the computer crashed? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when the computer crashed and she took it to the Apple store to get it fixed, they were like, mm, yeah, unless this was saved on your hard drive, because the hard drive automatically saves every couple of seconds or so, unless this is automatically saved on your hard drive, we won't be able to get it. So even if you delete stuff, it's still possibly on your hard drive. That's why I said that. Because that happened to me. That that exact episode happened to me where I was typing something and that little folder came up with the question mark. I was like, no! no. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. I was writing a book at the time and it erased three quarters of my, my book content. Oof. And all those shirtless photos of men. No. It was interviews. It erased oh. three quarters of my interviews okay. and I had to redo them over. <laughs> I can't stand you. Oh my God. Just you make me out to be a charlatan, and I am what? Not, not at all, not at all. Uh, real quick, uh, folks, as we're talking about uh, Sunny, played by Maurice Bernard. Just in case you were wondering, I am looking around and do see Albert. Fantastic, glad to have him here. I see plenty of empty seats and no Maurice Bernard. Anyway, we'll move on to uh, another yes, story. Please do. <laughs> we see <laughs> Peter August still stuck in that cabin. Still stuck in that cabin. Yeah, but he gets found out accidentally by this little Boy Scout. And the Boy Scout is funny because he was like, you remember how to do this? Well, you can get a badge for this, and you can get, a, you can get all three of those badges at one time. And he's like, yeah, I don't recall. He's, he, he says something to the effect of, I don't recall you being able to have the power to, to make me get those badges do you? He asked if he knew his his scoutmaster or something. Is that what it was? He said, "Do you know scoutmaster? Whatever." He's like, "No." He said, "Well, then, how do you have the power to get me those three badges?" Yeah, I gotta go. The fireworks are about to start, and he bounces. That made me laugh out loud. I'm like, "Oh, he's funny." I, this is so crazy to me that I think I would like to think that if I was a young child coming into uh, a cabin and I see somebody tied up, that I would at least tell somebody. Well, and all his rationale for not was like. Come on. Yeah, but apparently this little boy is known for telling tall tales. So when he would try to tell somebody about this person in a cabin tied up, that would just be another one of his tall tales and nobody would believe him. But I do love the fact that G.H. made the person that find him a Boy Scout. Because that, that creates a whole nother... Like, if it had been somebody else in Port Charles, like Elizabeth or Franco or somebody else like that, who would have cared? But the fact that it's a Boy Scout that finds him... There's that dilemma of a little kid 
trying to figure out what his conscience is. And to me, that was interesting. Oh, that was just, that was just like ridiculous. That was a stretch for that you. That was a stretch for me. It's like even if I was a boy that cried wolf, I would think that if I was, I find somebody tied up in the cabin, walk with me, I will show you this cabin. I think as an adult, I would, even if I thought like, man, you always tell these tall tales. All right, I will go with you. I figure you would. Why wouldn't you? But he does say that he tried to tell somebody, and they accused him of telling tall tales. He did say that. Yeah, then say, well, then come with me. And you, and if I'm a liar, then call me a liar. Yeah, but then Peter works on him psychologically and says, oh, when he brings him the s'mores, and says, oh, I brought you the s'more, but it's all crunched up. And he's like, yeah, buddy, thanks, but, you know, how am I going to eat it? My hands are tied up. He's like, you want me to untie your hands? He's like, well, you know, unless you think you can't do a knot, wink, wink. Because, oh, like, really? and he, the little boy, what does he say? There's a whole chapter in the handbook about knots, and then he goes to untie the knot, and that's where we're left. We don't know if if he unties a knot or not. Well, as we, I, I'm guessing he, either we didn't or he did, but he, uh, Peter August, like, kind of wraps it around his head to make it seem like he's still tied up. And then his attitude, like, he's messing up because his attitude when they come back to the cabin, even Nina's like, what happened while we were gone? Your attitude is different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, Really? Uh, yeah, his attitude is different because somebody found him and gave him some food. So there's that. This storyline is just taking <laughs> so long. It's just it has to end because I am I am just tired of seeing him just constantly. Every time it comes to that cabin, I'm like, all right, he's just going to be either tortured by Liesel, is going to be eating some food, or making him dictate his new novel. Yeah, that that was that's a stretch. Now that was a stretch for me. She's all like, okay, ready, let's begin. I'm like, really. So now you, so now you've gone from keeping him tied up for revenge to keeping him tied up so that you can release the new book, girl. Please. When you were writing your book, how long did it take you? <laughs> well, you don't have to give us the exact dates, but like six months. No, I literally because I procrastinate immensely. It literally took me probably seventy-two hours to write it. Wow. I'm one of those because when I'm one of those people that I have to be in the mood to write, and then once I start writing, I just write until my hands get tired. So I don't know if he's that type of person, but some people, you know, they have a plan. Like the best way for me to have done it would have been to write a chapter a week and then leave it alone for a couple of weeks and then go back and look at it because you get so tired from writing that your eyes don't really see what you think you're seeing. Mm -hmm. So there's that. But when you're dictating to somebody, that's different because you're just talking and telling them what to, to write down. So that's a little different. You can write a book really fast that way. So you're saying 72 hours. So imagine you're writing it, spending eight hours a day. That's like nine days. Mm-hmm. Do you really think Liesl is going to be spending eight hours a day with Heinrich slash no. Peter uh, writing down everything that isn't she an administer? Isn't she an administrator at the hospital? She was like, go. Monica gave her the heave-ho after that whole... Uh, uh, after uh, Flynn. No. Oh, yeah. Finn, Finn and all that Finn mess. And, yeah. Okay. So, she might. She probably, she got a lot of free time. Well, since she's not working at GA, she got a lot of free time on her hands. She might be able to spend eight hours, but then that'll be very suspect to Maxie because Maxie will be like, um, how come you're not spending no time with your grandchild? So I have to mention, at best, probably four hours a day. So that's, right now, we're looking at like 18 days. <laughs> that could mean like... <laughs> Holy cow, like three and a half more weeks of this, which would be terrible if we... Oh, this makes me sad. I'm going to move on from the storyline. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Let's talk about Milo confiding in Sonny about his mom and Alzheimer's. 
That was a nice little scene. They never give the guy that plays Milo. They always give him really kind of one-offs and really mm-hmm. funny things to say. So it was really nice that they gave him an emotional arc um, this week to talk about that with Sonny. Yeah, because I feel like the, the, probably the most emotional part of it was when he wanted to leave the business and start his own gym mm-hmm. and all that, mm-hmm. and then that fell apart. But I feel like in terms of that, that's probably been the meatiest thing he's had up until this. Yeah, they give him they give him you know a couple of lines that are kind of funny, and that's kind of it. So it was nice that they let him stretch his range a little bit. That was nice. I was it was, I was very excited to see him get get some shine in terms of his acting ability. And I was <laughs> remember how last week we were talking about how the kids grow on General Hospital. <laughs> so it was nice to see old big old grown Cameron this week. <laughs> What did you think? His, I mean, I, I, as people were commenting on Twitter, it's like he's got that look of uh, of Xander, so we're able to kind of see that connection, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to figure out like how much of it is kind of just new to the show, or uh, just like how much of the writing the role because it seems still kind of. Those I kind felt of I felt like he was awkward. I felt like the writing for him was awkward. I feel like. I felt like he was awkward and the writing for him was awkward. I feel like maybe he's new to the business because when I listen to him say the lines, even when there's that moment where Josh throws that little piece of food at him and he, he crunches and he eats it, like I felt like that was probably something that she did that wasn't in a script to help him engage in that scene a little better, which makes me question why Oscar would be jealous of somebody like that because they have a history like really yeah I, I mean you definitely see the uh, the Oscar jealousness, uh, jealousness come up you know what I mean I was like I wouldn't be jealous of him he can barely talk really you gonna be jealous of that okay whatever <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so there's that and then I kind of like the fact that Kiki not Kiki. Alexis has a meeting with Kiki to tell her, you know, about the trial and about how she had a heads up on something from Scotty about that picture with Griffin. And her and Griffin have to make that decision as to whether or not they're going to let that one night stand that they had become public with, with her mother or not. And I think, and Alexis is like, if you have any dirt, you better come clean with it now because you really don't want to be blindsided in court. And I feel like that's just a setup for that to come out in court. That's what it felt like. I feel like if you can, if you're going to tell anybody uh, somebody a secret you don't really want to get out, tell your lawyer. Yeah, they're not going to tell anybody, and it's going to help protect you when if that moment comes. Yeah, I feel like she probably should have told Alexis, but then she has that whole conversation with Griffin, where she's like, "We can't, we can't tell, we can't say anything. If we don't say anything, nobody will know but us." Which she's right. Nobody knew that that went down, but her and him. Well, not anymore. Oh well, because uh, Dr. Bench doesn't really know. Dr. Bench doesn't know, but Scotty knows because he was out in the the park when they went to go have their off-campus conversation. Mm. And, and if if my mom ever finds out that we slept together, and there's Scotty mm. just saying, hanging lurking out there in the, lurking in the bushes. <laughs> Remember, I'm always talking about somebody lurking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing about soap operas I hate. Somebody's always lurking in the background, hearing something that they shouldn't hear. Yeah. Like, what is going on? And oh, just to flip back for a minute. And I love the fact that Carly's finally figuring out that she can't confide in, in Dr. Kevin as much as she thinks she can. Like, she started to pull that back just a little bit because yeah. it's gonna it's it's feeling like it might backfire. Don't you think? Yeah. It, uh, I'll, I'll be curious to see, because well, all we've seen of that person next door is we did see Mary Pat for one scene inject 
that person that's in room 22. Exactly. I'm like, where Mary Pat at? She on vacation? What's happening? <laughs> I don't know what she's doing with that guy. She take a vacation. Did she get another gig for a couple of weeks? I just need to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we also have, uh, we get to see a little bit more of Liz and uh, Terry having their conversation. Oh, right. Terry, this is what, the, I knew there was something I forgot. So I really loved how Terry explained how being trans is not a choice. You know, she it was not a choice. It was something that she always was and how difficult it was for her family to accept. Like, I really like the fact that she explained it very succinctly and very clearly for people watching that are not familiar with with what someone who is trans is, what that entails, and how they come to that conclusion or how they figure out that that's what they are. I really like how General Hospital very shortly but succinctly explained that through the character of Terry. And and it was interesting to see Franco's conversation as well and how Elizabeth would also look at Franco as he was talking with Terry mm-hmm. and uh, so I thought that was a, that showed a lot about that dynamic that as was well. a great scene that was a great scene I really I really liked I liked her being there and I <laughs> I liked when they toasted she they were like let's drink the blah 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 and Terry was like I'll drink to anything I'm like well okay girl <laughs> and cheers to you hey one other scene that I did like with Franco as well as we mentioned Scotty hanging out in the park the reason he was there was he ran into Franco to talk about how they were going to be sabotaging the court case, but also Franco finally opened up to him about his past. Yeah. And what had happened to him as a kid. Yeah, that was a great scene, too. And it was was interesting to see Scotty as somebody who even says, like, my dad, if he was here, if Lee was here, he would know the right thing to say. I am not good in these situations. Right. I'm loving Scotty Baldwin being back, though, as I said last week. I love him being back. He's great. I love him. There are many great characters on the show that, you know, if given the opportunity in the material, they can deliver. Great. Right. And but what I'm not real and they've given Anna a little time off cuz she's on vacation. So yes. the Anna and Finn thing is on the back burner for a minute. So we won't we won't see them for a while, but So, uh before we wrap up, we also do a, a quick little news gossip situation. Yay. TV news. Oh, before we do that, Uh-oh. let's let's. This we is a forgo- pre-news gossip. Folks. We, well, we're not gossip, but we forgot to acknowledge that Leslie Charlson is coming back. Well, this is part of the news and gossip. Oh, okay, well, go ahead. Go well, ahead, go ahead, with ahead your and go, go ahead, go ahead and say no, yes. No, She's gonna... she is healed up after her injury, <laughs> and she will be returning to the show. So, uh, well, we had great uh, so, uh, soap opera legend filling in for her while she was away. Yes, it'll be nice great. to have her back. Yeah, we like Leslie Charlson as Monica. One other person that also might be returning as well because Nashville is wrapping up. So, Jonathan Jackson, who originated the role of Lucky on General Hospital. Yep. Uh, probably the one, if anybody thinks Lucky, I mean, as well as Greg Vaughn was and uh, one other gentleman that's on uh, Bra- uh, I've always associated now. Jonathan Jackson with Lucky, though. I mean, because yeah. he's played Lucky since he was a kid. Yeah, so uh, the targets with Nashville wrapping up, would you ever be tempted to come back to General Hospital? And so while he. That's his home, dude. Well, I mean, it, it's his home, but it also, I mean, Anthony Geary. And Jeannie Francis, you know, more anchor points for him. Right. Maybe Elizabeth Hurst, but it's been a while for them as well right. since they did stuff. But he didn't imply anything happening soon, but he always says he's always open to an opportunity yeah, to return to home. Hospital. So I, would, yeah. I, for one, be happy to see him come back yeah. if they could give him some better stuff to work on than when he was there last time. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, he was just kind of... He, could, he was floundering. That's just, uh, you know, just to see more of the Spencer heritage in there. I mean, we talk about, you know, just finding yeah, families. Because now it's just Lulu, right? Yeah, it's just Lulu. Lulu and Bobby. Yeah. And Bobby's not around that much. It'd be great to see somebody at least kind of, because we're certainly not letting Lulu step into uh, Luke's shoes. So 
Let's have somebody else try to step into them. No, Lulu's a journalist. Oh, well, there you go. And well, we don't need to have him you know, <laughs> stepping into all the bad tendencies that Luke had, but just somebody that is just kind of an instigator of stuff, you know, getting kicking off big grand adventures and stuff. Yeah. It would be cool to have somebody as some kind of Spencer. Yeah. Kind of involved in that part of the general hospital kind of story dynamic. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we all agree. Look at that. <laughs> uh, do we have, do we have a, a real quick rapid fire prediction? I would love to see this nail thing wrap up in the next couple of weeks, as we know that it will, because she's the character. I mean, the actress that's playing the character is is Chloe is going to be leaving. So, but I'm really curious to see how it's going to go down. Like, is somebody going to kill her? Is she going to disappear? Like, will she disappear in a way where it where she can come back? Is she going to have the baby? Is the baby Michael's? Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. The uh, at first I thought like, hey, Michael's doing a great job with this plan. He's going out. He's being smart about everything. Then he made the one dumb error in this whole plan so far. What? And that was agreeing to work with the PCPD. Oh yeah. Because the second you bring them in, you it know, becomes it's like the Keystone Cops. That's right. I would never involve the PCPD in anything. <laughs> it I was is trying the to Keystone do. Cops and Chase. Like really, Nell is really gonna believe Chase. Get out of here with that madness. As, uh, oh, man. As, as great as Jordan is, you, the way that whole thing with Alexis and Julian fell apart when they were supposedly just outside listening to everything, you, no. Mm-mm. I would not trust them to be involved in any sort of sting that I'm trying to run. Uh, well, I, I know uh, coming up uh, at the end of this week, we're going to have a visit from Wendy from Wendy's. <laughs> You're lying, no, right? No, she's going to be coming in. <laughs> Stop making that up. No. This is I, seriously yeah. on General Hospital. Yep. It's oh gonna God, be. I can't. What is it with the fast food? Is it a summer thing? What is going on? Do you know? And but you have to. Can you guess who their uh, poor Charles connection is? No. 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 Who? What? Who? Oh, it's Bobby. Bobby, because you know the red hair. So they're. You're lying. I am lying about all of that. It's not going to be happening. <laughs> now I know you're lying. <laughs> it's like, not happening. When you said Bobby, I'm like, that is so not happening. You know Why what Bobby said? They're talking, about, talking no. to Wendy? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Jackie Zeman, who plays Bobby, would be like, I'm out of here. Deuces. <laughs> mm, I don't know. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of General Hospital. There is much ripple to be drunk, so we <laughs> must let Carla leave so she can finish. <laughs> But as always, folks, thanks for watching us. Let's give a big shout-out for Albert for hanging out here in the studio with us. Yes. Maybe one day Maurice Bernard will be here. Yeah, whatever. I hate you so much. He will be here. He will be here. And I'll have have South African wine for him, too. Well, there we go. Uh, But as always, folks, uh, thanks for watching. Like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat. Really appreciate your thoughts and feedback. And if you want to continue the conversation with either of us after the show's over, Carla, where can they find you? You can find me, guys, across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. And follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie, I guess. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm no Colonel Sanders. <laughs> oh, oh, and you guys can also catch me at Black Hollywood Live on a show called Black Tomatoes. I host. It's a film review show. Come follow me over there. Talk to me over there, too. All right. Carla will never invite me on that Yeah, show. endless promotion. What am I going to do? There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, be safe, be well, go eat some Kentucky Fried Chicken. We'll be back here next Sunday night with another episode of the GH Report right here on After Buzz TV. Deuces.
And this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 